Welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, America's premier barbecue radio show. Join your hosts, David Caius and Andy Groneman, as they sink their teeth into the finest grilling, smoking, and barbecue from coast to coast with the industry's leading pitmasters. Stay tuned for great tips, techniques, and products that will enhance your backyard experience by being a part of the Barbecue Radio Network. Welcome to the Barbecue Radio Network. Your host, Dave Caius, is under the weather this week, which leaves you with me, T-Bone, to navigate through the sea of barbecue tips and techniques that Barbecue Radio Network has become known for. But wait, it gets worse. Our regular co-host, Andy Groneman, is away with other pressing barbecue duties with the good folks at Creekstone Farms. Sitting in for Andy is four-time world champion from Plowboys Barbecue, Todd Johns. Today we have a special guest who is the guy when it comes to talking about preparing and being ready for your Eagles versus Chiefs watch party. Mitchell Schwartz has what could be considered an unusual qualification for talking about the big game. A four-time All-Pro offensive tackle, Mitch also earned a Super Bowl ring when starting for the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 54. Remember that seven-minute comeback against the 49ers who were already celebrating their victory? Mitch, along with his brother Jeff, are the authors of Eat My Schwartz, our story of NFL football, food, family, and faith. You can find him online at mitchinthekitch.blog. And you will discover that this guy really knows food. Todd, would you agree? Does Mitchell Schwartz know food? Absolutely, he can cook. I don't know if you follow him on social media, but he's always whipping something up. And you don't get to be a 6'6", 320-pound NFL <laughs> lineman without knowing your way around the kitchen or a grill or a smoker or whatever. But uh, yeah, Mitch can, Mitch can certainly cook. Now you've seen him recently. Is he still three twenty, or is he one of one of those that guys that just all of a sudden now that they aren't on his rear end all the time to pack on weight? I I I, he, I think he's a little above his playing weight, but probably not oh, not not by much. Yeah, yeah. He looks so thin in his video. Yeah. I'm like, this guy played tackle in the NFL. I know, I know. Man, I don't know what it is, but I'm just a little amped up tonight. I don't know if it's like the excitement for the big game coming up or coming off these championships this last weekend, but I am just feeling a little amped up tonight. Yeah, so. you guys are going to have to excuse us because, you know, uh, you know, we're in Kansas City, and uh, if you haven't been following the news, uh, it's Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I don't have Dave here, so I can't I'm like sorry. take it out on him. So I don't even, I don't even know what to do. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready for a rant. Maybe I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh oh. Hey, I have a story for you. Okay. So I this is crazy. not about me, is it? Yes, it is Uh-oh. actually. Oh, it is about you. Really? I was just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. So this was crazy. So this this last month, I've been looking for like a new vehicle for a different vehicle, not new, but used. And I was looking for a new vehicle. And I've looked at all different kinds of things, done my research. And I don't know if you've seen like the new Broncos that are, that have come oh, out from man. Ford. That, that, that caused a lot of excitement when those came out. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're hard to get. And I mean, to find them used is almost crazy, but you're starting to see it. And I found one, I found really? one in the, in, in the area. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go test drive this thing. And I went and I test drove it and then came back. And first I went and looked at it and then test drove it and then, and then came back and, 
you know, took my truck up there. I've been driving pickup trucks for 25 years, you sure. know, hauling smokers and, and running around the country towing barbecue trailers uh, and whatnot. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, that's right. Right. <laughs> and I was like, man, one of these, one of these Broncos would be really cool. And so I found one I really liked. I drove it. I loved it. And I was like, let's make a deal. And, you know, we were able to come up with deal that I felt was fair. They felt was fair and, uh, go to pick it up. And I go into the office, the, the finance guy, and we're talking and he's like, Hey, I need your email address. And I'm like, you know, plowboysbbq.com. And he goes, <laughs> oh, oh, are you a barbecue guy? I said, yeah, kind of <laughs> just a little. Yeah. I go, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I've dabbled. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of it. And he goes, he goes, oh man, there's this show on Saturday mornings. I listen to every week. It's so good. And they all, they talk about barbecue and man, I like cooking at home. And so I listen to this show all every week and they were talking about, I knew he was talking about you. I knew he was talking about this show <laughs> and, and, uh, he goes, yeah, just a couple weeks ago, they were talking to this guy that goes out and catches alligators and then smokes them. And, and, oh man, they have <laughs> yeah. some great, they have some heavy hitters on there. He goes, I go, well, I'm one of the guest hosts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So I, I got to run into a fan of the show, uh, as I'm buying my used new to me Bronco. That so, is way cool. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to uh, the finance guy at Sneed Ford. If you're listening. So <laughs> yeah, this one's for you. That's right. <laughs> okay. We got just about enough time here to do our ask Andy question, but All Andy's right. not here. Right. Right. So I'll have to take over. I'll take over. Okay. All right. Okay. So the Ask Andy question is sponsored by Smoke on Wheels, Barbecue Sauce, Marinade, and Injections. I've heard of them. Yeah. We've got a question from Lynn Hansen in Beaverton, Oregon. All right. <laughs> this this one's just to poke at the hornet's nest, I think. Oh, good. I'm, in, I'm ready for a rant. Let's go. Is cooking with pellets really barbecue? <laughs> oh, good Lord. First of all... Thank you for your question, Lynn. We're, we're going to send you a t-shirt anyway, no matter what Todd says. But is cooking with pellets really uh, barbecue? I, I'm ready to throw this microphone right now. Oh, I God. Just, <laughs> you know, you ticked him off. I tell you, so, so we've won some barbecue competitions in the past. We've won some wars. We've won some world championships. We cooked on pellets. And so. All of them? Uh, most all of them, yeah. I mean, yeah. world championships? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, to me, I, I get barbecue can be what you want it to be. Really, I mean, there is no like, is charcoal barbecue, or does it have to be just wood? It's like, where do you draw the line? And the thing that that I love about pellets is, and pellet cookers, is that you can cook every night. Now, is it the same as? Uh, can you get the same flavor as a stick pit? No, but. You're only going to fire up that stick pit maybe once or twice a year uh, as just a regular home cook, right? And so, and, and you're just not going to, you know, as a novice, pick that thing up uh, with without cooking on it all the time. But you know, cooking with pellets is totally fine by me. I don't. Uh, I've I've done a lot of great barbecue off pellets. I've won championships off of pellets. Um, you know, to each their own, but I say, uh, it's better to be inclusive with barbecue than not. So I'm, I'm up for all kinds of styles and all kinds of ways of cooking. If you're out cooking, bravo, good for you. Do you man, do you. 
is it really that much different? I mean, you still got to cook. You still got to monitor. Yeah. You still got to stay on top of it. Right? Yeah, it, it, it is a little easier. All right. But the thing you have to know is how to get more smoke out of them. And you have to run them at a low temperature. The thing with pellets is the fire is so efficient that it's burning off all of those things that we attribute to smoke flavor. So you you got to start out with a low temperature and that'll produce more smoke, then kick it up to finish it. When we were doing competitions, we would cook at three different temperature levels and starting out very slow just to get some smoke on that product and then and then kick it up when we wrapped it and then kick it up to finish it. So, it's just you got to learn how to do it and you can you can get them to perform. Okay, we're running out of time right now, but you had mentioned this, so I'm going to ask you, can you talk more later, like in the last segment, about smoke and, and, and how much smoke there should be ah. and, and, and all of that kind of thing? Rant I, number two, here we come. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm having the, kind of the same issue also with, with rub. Yeah. You know, how much is too much, you know, as everything, you know, and I know people that just sprinkle it on. I'm like, come on. All right. right. Well, give me some. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to this topic then. All righty. Great. That's what we're going to talk about in the first segment with Todd. You are listening to Barbecue Radio Network. Coming up next, Mitchell Schwartz, Super Bowl winner, uh, and just a demon in the kitchen, on the grill. In on the, the gridiron and on the gridiron so we'll be right back right after this love is in the air except this love smells like another one of your award-winning steaks that you're grilling on your new holstein grill at holstein manufacturing we know that love comes in all shapes and sizes and that's why we have all kinds of different grills and cookers to choose from get ready to fall in love go to our website at holsteinmfg.com we build a grill holstein manufacturing holstein manufacturing we build to grill You are back with Barbecue Radio Network. And you know, we pride ourselves on the number of world champions we are able to connect you with. Just just, just like your uh, your guy was saying when, when you got your little truckster there. That, right. You know, we, we get some heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah, heavy hitters. You know, I, right. I try to go for world champions. Heavy such, hitters. Such as yourself. Yeah. And if they're a heavy hitter also, well, you know, today's no different. But this time, our world champion is a football world champion. A true heavy hitter. A yeah. true heavy hitter. Yeah, you'll find out if you line up against him. <laughs> and he really knows his way around the kitchen, the grill, and the smoker. Mitchell Schwartz, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. And, you know, I'm a little worried about how much you're throwing around the word heavy. You might have uh, seen a couple <laughs> lanes for me recently. Okay. All right. So we, we were talking about this, actually. Have you gained or lost weight since you stopped playing? Because you look pretty thin in your videos. Such a personal question, Dave. It is. Thank Such you. a personal um, question. I lost Good. a decent amount of weight after back surgery, and I didn't feel that much better. So I uh, decided to put it all back on, plus a couple extra pounds. So that sounds I'm like me. A little bit, yes, a little bit above what my playing weight was. 
Oh, I'm the well. same way. I felt so bad being thinner. I just decided to put it all back <laughs> it's, on. It's, it's such it's it's almost so stress on your myself. system. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, after back surgery, everyone says, well, the best thing for your back is to lose weight. And I lost the weight and I didn't feel any different and oh. I, um, decided I like food a little better. So <laughs> <laughs> I went back to what I'm used to. So, like I said, he spends a lot of time in the kitchen. Mitch, a follow-up question. How about them Chiefs? Man, the Chiefs are looking awesome this year. Uh, really excited, obviously, going to the Super Bowl. And it's just, it's, it's a lot of validation for how good Patrick Mahomes is, how good Andy Reid is, how good Travis Kelsey is, you know, Chris Jones, and just those guys, they just, they keep producing year after year. And, you know, every year, you know, especially going into this season, thinking about the AFC West and it's the Chargers year, it's the Broncos year, it's the Raiders year. Um, just how consistently good the Chiefs have been in this five-year stretch with Mahomes at quarterback. And, you know, luckily enough, I was, was able to be a part of that early on. And um, it's just, it's, it's so much fun. And, you know, it's a big credit to them for getting back to the big stage. Heck yeah. It, this is a barbecue show, but we do, it is, it is Super Bowl season. So uh, just a little bit on what was that experience like leading up to that? Like, was it business as usual? Or, you know, was it hard to focus as you guys were heading down to Miami and doing what you did? It was a little bit of both. I would say we got lucky again with Coach Reed and his experience with, you know, postseason football with Super Bowls, um, just having been around that before. And so he set up the schedule in a way that was very conducive for us to be able to keep things like as normal as possible. And so you get the bye week, you know, leading into the Super Bowl. And he basically said, all right, you guys got a few days, you know, try to get all your ticket requests, all your hotels, everything for your family. Let's try to get that squared away within the first few days here. And then we can just turn to football. And so you were able to do that by like Wednesday of the first week, you, you know, got all your requests in and got that out of the way and then everything turns to ball. And so um, really kind of smart to be able to do that for us to allow us to get that stuff, um, you know, squared away. And then we can just turn our attention to at the time, the San Francisco 49ers. We are talking with Mitchell Schwartz, four time, all pro and super bowl winner and just hell on wheels in the kitchen. Mitch, your brother used to play for the chiefs actually just before you got here to play for the chiefs from Cleveland. I'm wondering what did your brother tell you about Andy Reid and the, the whole situation here? So he told me that Andy Reid was an awesome coach, an awesome guy. He loved living in Kansas City. Obviously, loved eating barbecue. Um, but the funny thing with Coach Reid is he ran into Coach at an airport, and I think they were flying either on the same flight or, or something of the nature. And Jeff had been newly signed, and what do they talk about not football they talked about food the whole time and so you know coach reed <laughs> coach reed knows all the barbecue spots in town he knows you know where to go at certain times for when the burn-ins are ready or when the ribs are ready um so yeah coach is obviously a a, a big guy and a big food guy but he's uh dialed into the barbecue scene in kansas city as well i did get to feed coach reed last last year he had and, you on uh, speed dial, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we he he was he came out for the barbecue festival that was at Arrowhead, and so then the next day uh, he called down to uh, the front office and said, "Hey, can you get me some of those burn ends from Plowboys up here?" So it was like, 
That was that was pretty cool. I have to say, I, I don't get starstruck, but uh, Coach was Coach was as close as I get. He was he was a really really cool guy and um, definitely a food guy. We sat and talked. Uh, I talked with him and Bobby Bell for quite a while about barbecue. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean that's that's the highest honor right there. <laughs> that's right. When he's asking for your food, what uh, what do you like to do at home? So I like to try a little bit of everything. You know, being in Kansas City, it definitely sparked my interest in barbecue and getting into you know the higher end stuff. You know, talking about the briskets and burn ends and beef ribs. And there's so much information. There's so many, you know, awesome barbecue guys like yourself, like yourself to, to learn from. And so I, I try a bit of everything. I, you know, try ribs, I try pulled pork, I try the beef products. Um, the beef stuff is definitely more challenging and, you know, having great restaurants to kind of compare myself to, I realize how much I'm lacking in some departments, but that challenge, that, you know, excitement of trying to make the perfect brisket is something that I'm always chasing. And so um, it's really cool to be able to go eat good stuff from so many, you know, good cooks in, in the city and then try to recreate that at home. Yeah. So Absolutely. are you, are you going to have a Super Bowl watch party or are you going to Arizona since uh, you have some connections? I think I'm actually going to go back home and watch the Super Bowl with my parents for the first time in, oh, in a while. So nice. that'll be fun. Okay. Well, we brought you on to talk about Super Bowl parties, watch parties and things that people can do to make an impression to be able to bring something out of platter and go, yeah, I got this off of Mitchell Schwartz. <laughs> so I think the biggest thing is doing something you're comfortable with, especially if you're the one hosting, um, you know, barbecue can be tricky. And if you're doing um, say jalapeno poppers or something that you have a lot of little things that can be kind of time consuming and cumbersome. But I think if you're doing something you're comfortable with, maybe something a little easier, um, I would, point people towards ribs or maybe pulled pork um things that are in bigger quantities things that you can hold uh, because you don't obviously want to be busy during the game you want to be able to host you want to be able to watch the game and so trying this new exotic recipe that looked really good online or that you know you saw one of your friends make uh, i'm not sure the the day of the big game is the right time yeah, to break that out so absolutely not I would steer people towards something they're comfortable with and something they know is going to taste good well, I think your tip about, you know, don't overcomplicate it the day of the game too, like especially during the game is is a great tip too. Yeah, and I think people are mostly happy with simple stuff. Like, you know, you go to a, a Super Bowl party and, you know, chips and onion dip is going to be really good. It's something you don't get a ton <laughs> oh, of. Oh, my but, favorite. You know, it's something that's, something that's always exciting to eat. And, you know, again, the jalapeno poppers, instead of making 50 jalapeno poppers for people, you know, why don't you make a tray of jalapeno popper dip and you can do the cream cheese and you could add the peppers and you could do um, a little bit of smoke on the smoker and make something that's going to be easier that you can you know kind of keep warm somewhere okay we're going to be right back with more with mitchell schwartz to ensure that your watch party is a is a big success stay tuned to the barbecue radio network Barbecue Radio Network is heard on radio stations from Hawaii to Florida. If you have a business centered around barbecue or the backyard lifestyle, please consider advertising with us. Contact us through our Facebook page or website at bbqradionetwork.com.
Welcome back to Barbecue Radio Network. We're talking with Mitchell Swartz, Super Bowl champion, who is here to help you with getting ready for the big game. Whether you are hosting a watch party or arriving at one, this segment is all about you. So, Mitch, why don't you uh, share some recipes that uh, people could possibly use, uh, keeping in theme with what you were saying, maybe something simple, and then we'll work our way up to some more difficult stuff, if you like. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to focus on what the main protein, the main star of the show is going to be. And, you know, that kind of sets the table for the rest of the meal. So in my mind, I think, you know, ribs or pulled pork would be a great way to make something that you can cook throughout the day that will also be ready by game time. Um, Something that if it gets done early, you can keep warm and keep uh, at a good temperature that will present really well when you serve it. And so I really like those two items. And for the most part, people are going to have a lot of fun with them. And I think when you go to a Super Bowl party, um, you know, if you had ribs, it's a really fun finger food. You can we'll go up to the table, grab one. Um, you know, you can grab five if you like as well. And, you know, with pulled pork, you can also make yourself a sandwich. You can eat it by itself with some slaw or some other fixins. And it allows, you know, the guests to kind of go up to the table and see what's around and, um, you know, fix whatever they, they like. And, that's something I always like at a Super Bowl party, having that ability to kind of go up to a table, survey the spread, uh, see a few things that I like. And, you know, much like a football play, you kind of choose your best uh, outlet as a quarterback. You know, for me, going up to the table and choosing the best way to put a play together. Um, so I do like, you know, ribs and pulled pork um, to be able to do that. And then I think one side where you're, you know, making something, I, I, I like spicy food. And so that's where I think the jalapeno popper idea uh, really comes into play. And so you're doing that, you know, the jalapenos, the cream cheese and, and making a dip out of it, adding some barbecue rub uh, as a nice little addition as well. Uh, putting on the smoker to get some good smoke flavor for, you know, an hour or two, I think is, you know, a fun twist on an item that people tend to love. Yeah, one of the one of the fun things that we've done before is kind of have a, a game within the game almost like get a bunch of barbecue sauces and put them out and kind of have a sauce bar and maybe have them like blind voting, like what's your favorite? And so instead of having all these different protein options, maybe just go with pulled pork, which is easy to do. But then uh, I don't know about you, Mitch, but I tend to have like all these different sauces around the house and that, you know, that I've acquired and it's like, I need to get rid of them. <laughs> so, you know, th- th- it can be kind of a fun thing for your guests to kind of try all these different styles of sauces, flavors of sauces. And then maybe make it like a, you know, a, a, where they put a, a ticket in or, or they vote or they're, you know, their top three or something that can, that can be fun too. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I think we're on the same wavelength that in a traditional sense, if we're making barbecue for ourselves or eating barbecue, we're probably not using a ton of sauce, but yeah. we also know that guests tend to love sauces. And, you know, and if you're in the, the food world and the barbecue world, you definitely have a lot of sauces on hand. So that is a fun way to let people experience a lot of different flavors um, because, you know, we all have our favorites and also kind of make it a game. I like that idea of the game within the game. And, you know, growing up the Super Bowl party that I used to go to with my parents, the halftime food was lasagna. <laughs> and so, you know, coming from uh, Los Angeles where we're eating lasagna at halftime, uh, coming to Kansas City where, you know, barbecue is the star of the show. It's, it's a little bit of a different, uh, different game day experience for me. When when you're at the stadium, when you were playing with the Chiefs and you were at Arrowhead, could you smell the smoke 
Oh yeah. It was amazing. You know, you would roll up to the game and you'd kind of make that left turn into the parking lot. First thing is you'd see the smoke rising, <laughs> you know, whether it's a uh, hundred degrees out there, or whether it's 20 degrees out there, uh, the smoke is going to be rising because of the barbecue. And that was an instance where I'd roll my window down a little bit as I drove <laughs> through and just allow those pregame. Uh, yeah. You know, most guys need to, you know, listen to some hardcore music to get pumped up. I just needed to roll the window down and smell the, the pregame barbecue. So of course, tailgating is a big thing and, and at Arrowhead, but you know, a lot of different uh, places across the NFL tailgating is a huge thing. I always get a kick out of, we were, we vended at uh, Arrowhead for five years. We were the barbecue, official barbecue out there and we'd roll up and the gates to, to the parking lot wouldn't even open for three or four hours. And they're lined up, lawn chairs out. Some of them even put their tents up. They would tailgate in line to get in to tailgate. I was like, man, these people are serious. Um, so uh, one of the things that I think a lot of, you know, when we were, when I was first starting out cooking at home, um, one, of, one of the easy things for a novice to do is what we used to call fatties. And you take a pound of sausage, get a pound of Jimmy Dean or whatever you like. It could be hot. It could be sage. It could be Italian. And then open that up and stuff it. Um, so you're, you're basically, you know, putting, you could put mushrooms in it. You could put cheese in it. You could do whatever you wanted inside of that bacon and then roll it back up and put it on the smoker and then put it on a biscuit. And so like in the tailgate, like early in the morning, that could be like breakfast. And then, and then you're, you know, you're doing the brats and pork chops or whatever you're doing uh, right before the game. But a fatty is always like, you could just, it's a platform to do like all kinds of different fun stuff. We would do those just, you know, on a, on a Saturday morning, just for the heck of it or at barbecue contest. That was typically breakfast. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it makes me happy that I didn't uh, stop and consume any of the food before the game. Cause I don't know that I'd be able to, uh, you know, play a full game. after eating a couple of those. <laughs> what, what was a pregame meal for you? Did you try to keep it pretty light? That's a good question. So, it kind of depended on my mood. You know, some guys are very superstitious. They eat the same thing every single time. And the traditional um, kind of training table or meal that's supplied for us on game day um, doesn't matter if it's, you know, the noon local game or if it's, a, you know, 830 Eastern night game. It's going to be the same spread and it's going to have both breakfast and kind of lunch and dinner components. And so, again, some guys who like eating you know, eggs every morning uh, before games. They also have the opportunity to eat eggs, even if it's a night game and, and keep their uh, thing quite, uh, keep their routine consistent. So for me, I, I ate more what time of day it was. You know, if we had a, a 12 o'clock game and I was eating breakfast, I'd eat breakfast foods. I'd have some scrambled eggs, maybe hard boiled eggs. Um, I'd probably stay away from the potatoes or the hash browns uh, from the greasy stuff. I would have a couple of greasy pieces of bacon though. <laughs> Hard to say no to that. Um, you know, a couple of pieces of toast and uh, maybe some, some veggies and, of some sort. And then if we were playing a game in the afternoon or a night game, I would definitely lean into more of the, the steak, the chicken, rice, pasta, uh, a more traditional lunch or dinner meal. But I was, you know, as people could probably guess, I'm, I'm not too picky as an eater. <laughs> I kind of go with the flow and whatever looked good that day kind of depended on what hotel we were at as well. Um, you know, sometimes the steaks looked a little too much like beef jerky and I lean towards another protein. 
So when you go back home, I you said you're going to uh, watch the game probably with your family for the first time in probably can't even remember the last time you got to watch the Super Bowl with family. What's uh, what's something that you're going to do to impress them? Are you planning on cooking at all? You know, I haven't gone that far. I think my mom plans on doing the lasagna at our house. Um, I know we are going to have uh, the people who used to host a Super Bowl party. We're going to have them over uh, for the day. And so I think she wants to return the favor after all these years and make them a lasagna on game day. Um, but being in Los Angeles, you know, my parents don't have a smoker in the backyard. Uh, not quite the same priority as it is in Kansas City, which is basically a, a city mandate that you must have at least one smoker in the backyard. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, but maybe, I might need to man the grill, maybe, you know, grill up a couple steaks and make it feel like a, a proper cookout. There you go. Well, you know, we could probably smuggle some burnt ends in a carry on or something like that for you, too. So, Ooh, you know, I might have some Plowboys burnt ends in my freezer. Yeah, you may be. Hmm. That will get the attention of everybody else on board. <laughs> Just don't let them find it. No, I think those are sealed pretty well. <laughs> well, Mitchell, thank you for joining us today. Uh, just loved having you. We're going to be right back. Todd is going to talk a little bit about how much smoke is too much smoke. Right here on Barbecue Radio Network. Attention, Kansas listeners. Barbecue Radio Network's very own Dave Caius, along with two other comedians, will perform on Valentine's Night, Tuesday, February 14th at 365 Complex in Inman, Kansas. Inman is located between McPherson and Hutchinson. The Valentine's show package includes both dinner and three hilarious comedians. You know you'll have a good time. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to 365complex.com. That's 365complex.com. Welcome back to more of Barbecue Radio Network. We're sponsored by Holstein Manufacturing. That's HolsteinMFG.com. Please visit their website and take a look at their line of grills and smokers. It's actually pretty impressive. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I hadn't really ever heard of these guys. But holy moly. I think they've got more stuff in there than Traeger and Weber put together. Holstein, Iowa. Of, yeah, an Iowa company, and yeah. and you grew up what just down the road? Yeah, or? not too far from Holstein. I mean, just a little bit north, but they have a corn roaster. I mean, any any <laughs> here we go, folks. Any any company from you know making grills and smokers in Iowa's got to have a corn roaster. Come right, on, right? You I know, need one for my backyard. I mean, it it tells you that they're serious about the whole. I wonder if they have a countertop option, outdoor cooking, like you just like four or five years, like on a countertop, like air fryer almost. That'd be pretty cool. That, that I could would take be. one of those. Yeah, well, I'll put you in touch with All them. Right. I, I, I'm sure that they do custom builds. <laughs> there you they, go. They're set up for it. Uh, so visit them at HolsteinMFG.com, please. Also, we are sponsored by All Things Barbecue at ATBBQ.com. Take a trip to their site, and you're going to find everything you need to raise your barbecue game. Speaking of ATBBQ.com, it's time for the All Things Barbecue Product Spotlight. What do you have for us, Todd? Well, I'm I'm going to pull out an old tried and true favorite of mine, and it's one of my products. Do, do, so, oh, so you uh, should know something about it. Self, selfish promotion and all that. Yeah. So, Tar Heel Tang. So, we have... So, in the Plowboys line, we have 10 different products, and one of them is 
something that's not Kansas City related, and it is a vinegar sauce called Tar Heel Tang. And so there's three different regions in North Carolina, uh, three kind of general barbecue regions. And one of them, the largest one, is the Piedmont region. And in that region, uh, their barbecue sauce is very thin. It's vinegary. It's got tomato and sugar and then usually red pepper flake for a little bit of heat. And so what we've done is done like a variation of that. And instead of the red pepper flake, we use a habanero mash. So it's a fermented habanero to give the heat. And so it, even though it's habanero, it, it is a little spicy, not too bad, but it brings out the like fruity flavors of the habanero from that fermentation process. And uh, it is great on pulled pork. It's great on fried foods. It's, uh, it's, it's just a really great sauce. Definitely not Kansas City style, but uh, I think it's a pretty good nod to the Piedmont region in North Carolina. Give it a try because, yeah, everybody I've talked to that's ever, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, well, you know, I like the tomato-based, you know, a lot of them have never tried the vinegar type right. situation, and, and, and it's delicious. And it's very, very traditional, very traditional barbecue. So uh, I think tang, Tar Heel Tang. I think Tang is the key word there. If you want some Tang. A little Tangy. On, yeah. on, on it, then... That's the way to go. Little zip. You got any on you? Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to look into seeing about if we're going to invite you back or not. I have to bring gifts. That's what you're saying. I have to bring gifts. All right. Well, yes, yes. You know, shoot, I gave you a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, if you'd like a sticker, just uh, message us through Messenger on Facebook. First of all, like us or follow us on Facebook, and then send me uh, a little message with your address. The only reason I want your address is so I can send you some stickers. I'm not going to sell it to anybody. I don't care. I just want you to have stickers, and I want you going around everywhere with that sticker on your car or whatever it is, and people coming up to you and going, what's that about? That's the whole thing, you know? It's it. Yeah, all right. It's a scam. It's a scam, <laughs> but not in the way you think. So there's there's a local barbecue joint here in 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 this area that just I'd one go to just one just there's just there's that one yeah yeah there's like uh, 150 of them uh, uh, in I'm, Kansas City you know that right uh, well you know what and that's why we are the mecca the barbecue capital of the world uh, yes sir okay uh, but this place ate there love love the guy love the people who. who operate it my gosh it seems like they use an awful lot of smoke yeah to the point where i'm just like trying to get it the taste out of my mouth it's like coming out of your pores for three days afterwards <laughs> yeah I, yeah i'd hate to go to football practice because i'd, I'd be <laughs> right. smelling up the joint anyway how much smoke is too much now in that case i knew it was too much but yeah. i have no yeah. idea yeah. what the cutoff would be <clears throat> well it, it <laughs> It's a, it can be a bit of a personal preference when you are setting up your smoker and you're starting that fire up here, here's the difference between quality smoke and non-quality smoke. Um, you know, the, the level of smoke taste smoke flavor is really about how much of those nasty creosote, 
byproducts of of burning wood are remaining in the smoking chamber and sticking to the product. And a lot of that, if it's kind of really heavy tasting, it means that the fire was dirty. It was not a clean fire. Now, I don't mean that the logs had been oh, okay. to- so tossed not, in the mud. It's not necessarily too much smoke. It may be the quality of it's smoke. It's just bad smoke. Yeah, it may just be bad smoke. So, so when we're doing a fire in a pit, we want a small fire, a very hot fire, um, a very concentrated fire. And that is going to burn off a lot of those nasty impurities, the the creosote, the things that make the inside of your chimney at home all, you know, black and flaking off. We don't want that. We want a nice clean fire. So, so first of all, we need to start with a nice clean fire, a nice hot fire that has settled in. We don't just light it and throw the food on it's got to settle in create a nice bed of coals and the way you know when your fire is ready to start cooking with is watching the stack watching the chimney and in the beginning it's going to look like you're sending smoke signals to your neighbor down the street you know and it's this white puffy billowy like just chugging like a freight train this white smoke that is dirty smoke. That's a dirty fire. You do not want to be eating that stuff. It's just going to taste bitter. It's going to like stick with you. It's going to be coming out your pores. And so you want that fire to settle in and get a nice hot bed of coals. And that white billowy smoke out of your stack is going to turn into a thin, wispy, blue gray kind of smoke that you almost can't see. But it's good smoke. It's going to taste great. It's going to give the flavors that are going to enhance the product and not overwhelm it with all this bitterness and and all these nasty flavors. So when we first started years and years and years ago, 20, ah, 24 years ago, we didn't know what we were doing. And so we had a lot of those big billowy and we just thought, man, just keep putting more smoke to it. And we, you know, would end up like two days later, I'm in the you know, I'm, I'm in the restroom, excuse me. And I'm like, man, who is burning wood? Uh, oh, it's me. <laughs> what goes in has to come out. And so, you know, it's like you're peeing hickory for three days. And the, the wood that you use also is going to have different levels of flavor. A fruit wood is going to be more mild and a, a nut wood, like a pecan or a hickory, an oak is going to have um, a more pronounced earthy flavor. So sometimes it's the wood choice that's also adding to, you know, do I like this, the, the level of wood or the, I'm sorry, the level of smoke flavor on this or not. So um, we choose pecan or even oak over hickory because it's a little more mild. Hickory can be very, very potent. Uh, if you're if you're not managing that fire right, and even if you are, it can be very very potent. Um, also, like to mix the fruit woods with the nut woods. So, a pecan and cherry, a pecan and maple, uh, pecan and uh, peach. Um, you're liking that pecan? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a it's just a really really nice base, and then balance that with the fruit wood of your choice. If you like cherry, it's going to give you some great great color. 
Um, apple is a very sweet flavor. So again, sometimes it's uh, it's how you're managing the fire, but it can also be the the wood choice. So okay, fantastic. Hey everybody, join us next week with two time world barbecue champion Craig Sherry. That's right. We bring in the heavy hitters. The coming weeks, we got the barbecue butcher Dave Bosca, the barbecue tourist Brian Cooper. And in March, Steve Reichland's going to be celebrating the 25th anniversary of his bestseller, The Barbecue Bible, with us. Happy barbecuing, everybody. Every Barbecue Radio Network show is archived and available through your favorite podcast platform each and every Thursday. Love is in the air, except this love smells like another one of your award-winning steaks that you're grilling on your new Holstein grill. At Holstein Manufacturing, we know that love comes in all shapes and sizes, and that's why we have all kinds of different grills and cookers to choose from. Get ready to fall in love. Go to our website at HolsteinMFG.com. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. Holstein Manufacturing, we build to grill.